0: UK Sky Glass is a bundle of branded smart TVs, Sky Stream, a satellite TV via streaming service, and aggregated CTV apps. We discuss why the strategy looks right, but execution seems wrong. Listen on to find out more.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and of course that was Colin at the top in his element there in London, back with his compatriots. How's everything there, London? How's everything there, Colin, in London?
0: It's doing great. A bit wet and soggy, but I gather it's the same in California. I apologize in advance. There are birds <laughs> twittering away in the background here. Uh, I, I can't do anything about it, unfortunately. Otherwise, otherwise, I've moved to a to a different location, but uh, maybe it will give us a little bit of a rustic feel, a rural feel for our podcast this week.
1: And I'm thinking maybe when the birds hear something really profound, they'll Twitter extra loud, and that'll be the cue to the audience that something really important (laughs) was just said.
0: Well, maybe that's (laughs) true. I don't know. But uh, anyway, let's get started. We've got quite a lot to get through today, and you're going to kick us off with our first news story, right?
1: Absolutely. Of note this week, Bloomberg reporting that Apple is going to spend upwards of a billion dollars a year, creating um, movies that are gonna play for a month in theaters. How about that? Um, And I think this plan based on, again, the little bit that Bloomberg reported on it yet is really smart. I think it's a really smart play by Apple. Uh, I don't know how they're gonna distribute a billion dollars a year on films, because that's a lot of money, Um, but they're really gonna use them as a way of promoting the Apple TV, uh, plus service and who knows what they'll end up going after but my hunch is that the folks that run the Apple business the, 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 you know, the, the content business who were big studio executives took note of how A24 swept the Oscars with everything, everywhere all at once uh, which was a movie that cost about $25 million to make and not that much to promote and other movies like After Sun and The Whale, which also didn't cost that much to make. And Apple thinks, given Apple's brand and its reputation that it could play in that space, not in the superhero space, but in that space where they've already done really well with high quality TV uh, series like Ted Lasso and Shrinking and others. If they could bring that expertise to films, and essentially emulate the A24 model and put a whole lot more promotion behind them than A24 has the ability to do. And um, put them in theaters for a month and drive a whole bunch of new Apple TV subscriptions. So I think that play makes a lot of sense. The only piece that doesn't quite calculate for me is if you're making films for 25 or $30 million a year and you have a billion dollars to spend, (laughs) that's like whatever, 25, 30 of these types of films. And I don't think these films are mass produced by definition. They are not mass produced films. So I think they're gonna have to play more at the $100 million, $100 million plus per film uh, space also. But we'll wait and see what that portfolio looks like. But one key takeaway is, this is absolutely fantastic news for independent theaters around the country and for fans of independent or quote unquote independent film. That's a market that has absolutely collapsed as a result of streaming and Netflix and Amazon and everybody else, COVID, uh, superhero movies. We talked about this way back in the summer of 21 when I saw that Matt Damon film that was in France, whose name I can't remember right now. And Matt Damon went on at length in an interview about lamenting about how those types of films just don't get made anymore. It feels like Apple is going to make those kinds of films. And that's going to be really, really great news for independent theaters around the country and also uh, for fans of independent film. And I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road, Apple ends up being a big owner of independent theaters as well.
0: Wow, that's a, that's a bold statement right there, Will. I don't know if they, they want to get into that business. But as you say, I think it will certainly be a shot in the arm for the independent movie theatres. Um, so that's great. And it looks like uh, they're, they're thinking about money and generating money as well, because I noted that uh, no more free Friday night doubleheader baseball. You're going to have to be an Apple TV Plus subscriber if you want to watch. That's uh, that's news for this season but let me, let's move on. Uh, my story is that Amazon is uh, sort of doubling down on the Fire TV, Smart TV lineup space. And they're really looking to target the UK, Germany, and Mexico. They actually said this week that they've sold 200 billion Fire TV devices globally. Well, that's a, that's a lot of boxes, a lot of, lot of little sticks and boxes that they've been selling there but they're really looking with this move to provide new more affordable size selections for their Amazon Fire uh, Amazon built Fire TV smart product line and they're looking to be more competitive in the European market and if you look at the sizes 43 inches is a is a very common size in Europe it's not that it's not that common here in the U S we tend to tend to be bigger than that or 42 inches is, is a more common size, I think. Um, so they're doing that starting at, I think four forty-nine ninety-nine, forty-four hundred and fifty 99, $450. So, you know, this is, I think this is an interesting move, particularly as you know, here I am in Europe This is becoming a super, super competitive market, Will. Uh, There's lots of people playing in the tvOS space here. Uh, Fire TV is playing very seriously here too. So I assume that they'll be bringing these branded TVs. The TV space is just getting super, super competitive too. Um, So, you know, interesting move from Amazon to try and boost Fire TV around the world, but particularly in places like the uk germany mexico so
1: also makes a lot of sense from my standpoint sounds like it does from yours as well
0: oh gosh yeah i mean you know this plays this ticks all the boxes for amazon right they said they've got the tvs they build the tvs they sell the tvs they provide the service that's that's running the tvs they're selling ads in free that's part of the TV's, uh, and they've got their movies though. So, if you want to rent a movie or rent a show or buy, it, buy them, they've got that too. So, it's pretty much all there. Oh, yes, and of course, there's channels. So, if you want to rent an SVOD service, you uh, sign up for a SVOD service, you can do that too. So, they're really looking to be everything that everybody could want for the TV in the family room.
1: Right. And also, Colin, I would add that tying back to the Apple film story we just talked about, Amazon's been making its own movies for ages now. I mean, I remember the the one that really hit my radar way back when was Manchester by the Sea, which was filmed here in the Boston area. That was an Amazon original. So in some senses, we now have Apple and Amazon competing in the movie business, right?
0: (laughs) you've got one more story we're doing three this this week a bonus story
1: a bonus story because of course on Inside the Stream we cannot let a week go by without having something sports related mentioned and this week's uh, sports related story is that the New York Post reported on Monday not that the New York Post is the definitive word on anything but they do tend to get the jump on things uh, reported that ESPN layoffs are coming soon and nearly everyone is vulnerable to New York Post reported ESPN's latest round of layoffs will have, quote, no sacred cows, meaning everybody from top on-air people to big-time executives are being scrutinized with the cuts expected to be finalized in the next four to six weeks. The moves are part of layoffs that Disney's CEO Bob Iger announced were coming across the company, said 7,000 people would be eliminated. So ESPN is... Uh, you know, not exempt from everything else that you and I have been talking about in the sports world for months now. Most recently, of course, the bankruptcy of Diamond Sports, which owned more than half the RSN coverage in the country. ESPN is feeling it also. Nobody's immune when you have cord cutting like we have right now. Yeah, And um, it'll be interesting to see who really goes overboard. I mean, they're The post reported on people like Troy Aikman, who makes 18 million a year. Joe Buck makes 15 million a year. Stephen A. Smith makes 12 million a year. Uh, Who knows? They may, they may cut some of those people. You just never know how desperate they are.
0: Yeah, as you say, ESPN is sort of the poster boy for getting hit every time somebody walks out of pay TV, walks out of the big bundle, they walk away from. ESPN, of course, that's uh, one of the one of the big channels, and uh, it's not even carried by all of the virtual MVPDs. So you know, you can sign up for uh, a version of Sling that doesn't have it. You can sign up for Philo that doesn't have ESPN. Uh, so you know, uh, the yeah, they're sort of the poster boy for the decline in traditional television.
1: Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to our main story, which is really going to focus on Sky's Skyglass service and Skystream. But first, you were at the conference this week there in London, and you have a few key takeaways you're going to share before we dive into that substance. I
0: I do. So I guess the first one is fasts or fasts, however you (laughs) want to... Talk about it. Um, the every session that was talking about fasts was absolutely packed. Uh, everybody wanted to talk about them, and uh, a very exciting space, a very dynamic space. It's a little bit of a newer market in the UK than it is in the US. A little bit less exposed. And I think the one of the reasons there is that there is already pri- quite a bit of free media around. Uh, there's a very robust broadcast, over-the-air broadcast network, which provides a lot of very good quality television to many households. So people don't have to go very far to find free. But I think, you know, the in for Europe there is the fact that these are coming built into the TV. So uh, that that will help them grow. But right now, it's a lot smaller market here A lot less penetrated in the market than here. Uh, But boy, there was so much excitement about the market, Will, that it was really it was great to be part of the energy of that market. And actually, I thought there was some really interesting innovations. I heard Gary Wolf from All3Media. All3Media is one of the largest licenses of TV content in this market talking about doing some exciting things to help promote his channels they all three media owns midsummer murders I'm sure there's plenty of our listeners know about midsummer there are many many channels of midsummer murders and they're using programming to differentiate that channel they did a series they did a a day where they broadcast the top 10 episodes of John nettles who's one of the stars of that show he picked his top 10 episodes and He he recorded little uh, vignettes about them, and uh, that apparently was very successful with their channel there. Uh, They programmed it. So I think that's something that we're going to see more of, people curating the content in those channels to generate interest in what, after all, is quite old content, uh, but give it a new flavor. So that was one thing. Another thing was, I think there's still a little bit of a denial in the TV industry about, how quickly things are declining um sky gave a presentation where they said they thought that traditional linear would decline six percent uh by 2027 from where it is today but funnily enough i saw another one where ampere analysis said that it had declined 25 percent since 2017 so i don't know i i think it might decline a little bit more than sky is anticipating but um uh, you know, it's still a pretty vibrant market here. Uh, so there was that. Um, another thing that was really big to sort of loop back to what our friends at Amazon are doing with Fire TV. Um, I moderated a panel of TV OS providers, which included Google TV, a company called Foxum which has a service called Relax, where they're going to be getting into the TV OS market and. Uh, Vidar, which is uh, a, a, this, uh, this is a TVOS that came out of Hisense. I moderated a panel there from these guys, and uh, really fascinating discussion. We talked a lot about things about how they differentiate themselves to the TV OEMs and to the users. Uh, so that was really interesting. But the one thing I walked away from that panel. Thinking will is this market is not converging. I don't see I don't see it getting any simpler for people providing apps on the smart TV platforms. There's gonna be lots of platforms and you need to pick the one that works for you. So that was that was that. And of course, Skyglass. Big hit. Everybody wanted to hear what Sky had to say about Sky Glass. They had a couple of Executives there to talk about it, and uh, I have to say, they were they talked a lot about the service and the televisions and Skystream, but they were very short on uh, how well it was doing.
1: Before we dive to About we should define what it is. Let's define this is a complicated new thing that we have not talked about on the podcast before, so let's understand what we all understand what we're talking about.
0: So, Sky Glass is uh, an effort by Sky to bring a complete television package from the television to the service to people, and they're doing it as instead of you having to buy the TV, you can if you want buy the TV, but instead of buying the TV, you in effect pay for it like you would a cell phone so for example they have a 43 inch tv which is 14 pounds a month which i think we calculate what what did we calculate that out to be it was like 18 a month it's
1: it's 18 a month but they require a 48 month contract so 48 Ah, i didn't get to that and that's exactly go ahead sorry i don't want i don't want to scoop you there go ahead
0: so so there we go. So so you can rent this, no, not rent, you're paying by the month for 48 months for this television. And then on top of that, you layer this Sky Stream service, which is uh, it's a bit like Direct TV Stream. It's basically Sky Satellite, but without the satellite. It's streamed to you just pretty much like a virtual MVPD. And that sort of starts at 28 pounds a month, which is, you know, 33, $34 a month for a sort of fairly basic package. So that's what it is. You can buy this TV with Skystream and they send it to you. You plug it in, you plug it into broadband. You have television, you have, they're even bundling the Netflix subscription in the special offer. And you have everything you could want in a television. So I think it's a really interesting approach. But it turns out not that cheap, right? Because we were looking at TV prices.
1: Right. And actually, let me just ask a clarifying question. That TV that they send you, it's not branded Sky. I mean, it's a JVC or Toshiba. or No, Isense, it is. Whatever.
0: It's branded Sky. It's a branded Sky television.
1: But is it like co-branded Toshiba, or is it just completely Sky has no the It's like it, brand- it's
0: like you know when you buy okay. the the, okay. the Roku produced TVs, it's a yeah. Roku TV. It's got okay. a, it's like that. It's got the Sky branding. It's a Sky Television.
1: Okay, and again, another question: the OS that's running that TV is what exactly?
0: So it's a flavor of the same OS that Comcast is using to run its service here uh, on Flex. It's the same version of that with the same back end.
1: Okay, got it. Cool. So to the user, it really does feel like, wow, this is a Sky branded TV, including some kind of Sky OS, you know, blah, 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 under the hood. Uh, That's right. Okay, cool. All right.
0: That's right. It's it's all bundling. You've got... Three sizes, 43-inch, 55-inch, and 65-inch. And they are £14, £19, and £24 a month. And as I say, there are different flavours of the Sky Television, this Sky Stream thing that you can buy, that basically work out, the bundles work out the same price as you would pay if you were doing satellite TV. So in all senses, it's very much the same.
1: So the reason why this whole Skyglass thing is very intriguing to me is because uh, as I've watched the development of the CTV ad market through my conferences, it's felt to me more and more like there's going to be a model that somebody's going to introduce. And, and I have thoughts on who that might be, but uh, it would just be speculation. But the idea is that TVs would be essentially given away for free to viewers in exchange for um, them watching or committing to watch some amount of ads or pay some amount for some package programming, whether it's SVOD or MVPD or whatever. And that the idea is that it's, you know, it's to some extent the razors and the blades business model where the razors are not completely given away, although sometimes they are, but very, very low cost in exchange for the user buying a whole bunch of blades at very high margins to Gillette or Harry's or whoever. And the same business model could be applied here where the TVs are either literally given away or are priced so ridiculously low that it's impossible for a viewer to not take the offer up. And that's all powered by the rise of high margin CTV advertising. So I've been kind of noodling on this idea for a long time and, and actually even to the point of thinking about might there be a standalone business there, which I decided there wasn't. But um, I think it makes a ton of sense for TV OEMs, again, a couple of them in particular, that have really robust CTV ad businesses going. Skyglass is essentially doing that, right? Their, 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 their opportunity is to get these Skyglass TVs into users' homes and then drive a bunch of either paid services off of them or ad supported services off of them. And as you just said, the ad support, the fast business in the UK is still not as robust as it is here. So it's probably initially going to be subsidized by uh, paid services. However, (laughs) rather than doing that, rather than a razor and blade approach, it seems that what Sky has decided to do, at least initially, is charge an exorbitant price for these tvs and when i say exorbitant i think the math that we did is that these tvs that they're offering for rental on a monthly basis either 18 dollars 25 dollars or 31 dollars per month when you multiply that out by 48 months the resulting amount that the user has ultimately paid is somewhere between two and a half and three times what they could go out and buy that exact same TV for in the UK right now. Yeah. So as opposed to a razor and blade, they've gone to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Well, well,
0: I have to, you know, in, in their defense, I haven't seen the picture on the TVs. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that they do say that they include a, quote, high-end soundbar built into the television. And that is, and by the way, that is one of them biggest criticisms of slim TVs today is that the sound is not very good and the, the sky has really gone to town on that. So one would imagine that they would get a premium for that. But, you know, that that said, uh, you know, there are premium TVs that are in this price range, uh, but they are very expensive TVs. And I'm not sure that how compelling... If I were in the market for a high-end TV, would I go buy a Sky TV and get locked into a forty-month, forty-eight-month contract, or would I would I just go buy the TV?
1: Well, answer your own Uh, answer answer your own own question, Colin. What would you do?
0: Yeah, well, my I I know what the answer is for me, but I have, I guess, I have enough money that I could go out and spend eleven hundred pounds on a television. Uh, maybe not everybody can, and uh, maybe that's but, why this is an attractive offer. You can get a better TV than you would if you had to pay upfront cash for it. Uh, maybe that's why this is a, an attractive offer.
1: I mean, you Googled before we got started what a 43-inch, you know, kind of mid-range
0: mid-price and it's, TV it's, would
1: cost. It's about $350 yeah. in the UK as compared, by the way, with about $200 for a 43 inch model here in the US. So there's a there's, you know, our market here in the US prices are much lower. But okay, so you get a mid range TV there for three hundred and fifty dollars or you go with Sky Glass and you pay 18 a month times forty eight months, eight hundred and sixty five dollars. That's two and a half times what you would have spent had you just gone out and bought the TV in the first place. Yeah. So I guess my takeaway is, whereas I thought the interesting business idea here is to do the razor and blade strategy, Skyglass is going in the complete opposite direction, at least for now. Maybe they just want to get approved in before they go aggressive. But all that, I think, said to you and me that Skyglass is probably not going anywhere quickly anytime soon.
0: Well, it certainly wasn't clear from the conference. Sky didn't give us any update on specifics about how the service is doing. There were asked several times that each time they just said, great. <laughs> but uh, certainly, you know, when I talked to people in the hall, there didn't seem to be a groundswell of people saying, yeah, we've rushed out and bought it. I couldn't find anybody that had gone for it, actually, at the, at the conference. And many people were kind of sceptical about how popular it was. So you know there's that the the other thing I mean this is if you think about what you really want to do here if you're in their position if you're if you if you're sky you do want to get people locked in you want to get people in that ecosystem the sky ecosystem so there's this this is the way they've gone about it but if you look you know the story about amazon about what amazon's trying to do with amazon tv it's it's not that far from this idea, right? They want to get people locked into their ecosystem. The difference is that I can do it with an Amazon TV at a much, much lower price point, point. and all I need is my Prime subscription, and I've got free content from Freevee. I've also got the Prime, the Prime content, uh, premium, more premium content, and uh, you know the option to. Pile on as much SVOD content as I would like. And so, you know, if you want to get locked into an ecosystem, I, Sky Sky is awfully expensive to get locked into that ecosystem, right? Whereas Amazon, much, much cheaper. You can get all in one there. The The problem with Amazon, of course, is you can't get TV. You can't get the traditional TVs because they don't have virtual MVPDs here. So it's not quite the same uh, that said, you can get the free TV, you can get over-the-air TV with those TVs. So, you know, the, for, some, for some people, uh, a fire TV could be an awfully good option for a one-stop shop to all your TV viewing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it strikes me that when you use the term lock-in and ecosystem, that, uh, you know, those words you know, mean something in reality to consumers. They don't necessarily think lock-in or ecosystem, but their day-to-day practices enable those quote-unquote lock-ins, right? Because they have a mobile phone that syncs with their TV, that syncs with their cloud, that syncs with their contacts, you know, blah, 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 blah. An ecosystem, you know, essentially takes hold of them, which in turn creates a lock-in effect when they need a new phone. They don't think if they own an iPhone, they don't even dream about, I'm going to get an Android this time because when they first come to realize, oh my God, what are all these ecosystem things that I'm going to lose if I go get an Android? They immediately say, forget that. It's not even worth thinking about. I'm going to get another iPhone. So the ecosystem and the lock-in is legit. I guess the question I would raise is for Sky, what elements of ecosystem do they even bring to the table to give them permission to achieve a lock-in benefit in the first place? I mean, literally, what is does Sky even have a mobile service in uh, in the UK? Yeah, they
0: do. They do. They also that has provide, any meaningful they, number of subscribers? Yeah, I think so. They also have um, they also have broadband. So it's a it's I mean it's a it's an ecosystem it's an ecosystem play. They are very popular. Um, now look Cause Sky of Sports
1: because Sports though right Colin? Uh
0: yes uh yes Sky Sports That's not is still tremendously, prop, tremendously
1: popular but that doesn't fit with the definition of what an ecosystem is or what it no. seems in. those are rented rights those are rights that Sky has rented which could easily be rented by Amazon Apple fill in the blank
0: But of course they're doing aggregation like most most operators are too you know they're, you can get Disney you can get Disney plus you can get um you can get Amazon Prime, I think, on there. You can you can get a whole bunch of other SVOD services. So it's it it is very definitely a play to own the television experience. Um, and there there are just what this is showing is that there are just there's more than one way to go go at that. You can go at it like Amazon is going at it. You can go at it like Sky is going at it. So uh, you know it's just a very fascinating space, and uh, it's, yeah. um, it's it's it's. I think this is a it's absolutely critical one thing that came over very clearly from my panel of TVOS providers is it's a power position if you get to that position if you own that experience in people's homes it's a big powerful position that you can leverage to monetize in a lot of different ways and a lot of people want to play in that space so and
1: and the notion of giving them a TV as you say such that you achieve some greater lock in is I believe is right on the money. The problem is you cannot achieve that goal by charging two and a half or three times as much for that TV as somebody can go do, go out and buy on their own. So the, the strategy may be right, but the execution is all wrong. And then there's this other thing which you should talk about also, which is I think maybe even more significant, which is the Skystream service and the puck that they're giving away for free, because that's the alternative to the whole satellite business. That seems very significant.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go buy a TV yourself and then get Skystream, which is just sky television, but delivered on broadband. They'll give you a a little set-top box, little puck to plug into the TV and away you go. And you, you, but, but the wrinkle there is, it's the direct TV model. They really want you to subscribe for 18 months. You sort of get locked in at a price for 18 months, which is the same way that DirecTV does it. Not the way the virtual MVPDs work, but uh, they want you to get locked in, absolutely.
1: And the other wrinkle is that, whereas they would love to have everybody migrate over from the satellite service to the broadband, to the internet delivery service, they're not providing any incentive to do so. There is
0: no incentive. As you said
1: while we were prepping, they charge sixty dollars a month essentially for a satellite service after you've gone out and acquired the satellite, gotten it installed, et cetera, et cetera. Sixty dollars a month. And guess and that includes Sky Sports. And what are they charging for Skystream?
0: Same. Same. Sixty dollars a month. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 really, it's the same packages at the same price with the same lock-in. It's it's
1: <laughs> so once again, right strategy, bad execution. Mm-hmm. So why they're not offering a $10 off to Skystream users, at least for the first year, for God's sake. I mean, at least do a promo window to get some people over and then get them on. Hmm. I don't know. Well, they are doing that.
0: I think um, certainly with, I I looked at the Sky Glass deals and the Sky Glass deals were giving you three months, three months free of service. Not a, you know, not a huge give, I guess. but, uh, you know, I, I have to say, I'm going to say again, I think the model that they have, yes, it's an expensive TV, but let's let's be honest, it's worked beautifully with smartphones and people are very comfortable paying monthly for very, very expensive, you know, 11 $1, dollars $1,200 smartphones. They're perfectly comfortable doing that with their wireless provider. So it's a very similar model there. The only question is, does the TV justify the price? And I haven't looked at it, um, so I, I, I can't tell you if the sound then the picture is significantly better um, but uh, you know if you wanted a higher-end tv and this is a higher-end tv you know if it checks out and it's got great picture maybe the best way to do it for you to fit your budget is to spend your 14 pounds or your 19 pounds a month for that tv for sky glass
1: well it's worth noting that you could get a financing plan from amazon affirm pay later what better pay i don't know what those services are called so this that's a financing play which is not really competitive on an apples to apples basis number one and number two i guess i would say the distinction with the cell phone the smartphone market is that um those phones are controlled by a handful of oems and They've been able to persuade users that the latest, greatest features are worth paying up for. However, however, there are many, many millions of people who act like I do, which is that rather than paying up for the latest, greatest, we buy refurbished at 30 to 40% off. And that's not really what Sky is doing here. They're trying to offer the same basic product for two and a half times as much. Yeah for a product that they don't even technically control the ecosystem for, like Apple and Google do. So I think the comparison to the mobile market, again, strategically is sort of kind of on the right track. But the details are so different that they kind of render the comparison. I don't know. I don't understand what Sky is doing, Colin. I really Comcast is a smart company. I don't understand any of this. It seems like they're sort of half committed. They kind of sort of want to do what they're doing, but then they are executing really poorly and nothing's going to end up coming from it. So I don't know. This is a British thing. Can you explain it to me?
0: So <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that linear, although linear TV is declining and you know we can argue with what Sky, how much Sky thinks is declining and how much Ampere, it's still a, a re- pretty robust business here. And when you include free to air, linear is a big business. And it's still used by a lot of people and the vast majority of minutes on the television consumed is still broadcast, is still derived from broadcast content. So um, that's still a big business. And I think Sky, you know, they are certainly, their satellite subs are certainly declining. um, And I think they're very hopeful that Skystream will Help them maintain their footprint with their customers, giving them something that's a little bit more flexible, although not cheaper. Um, it gives them a, something that is a little bit more, more flexible, maybe, where they're not stuck with a dish and not very portable. I think we should hold this thought, Will. I think we should wait and see how it does. It's quite still quite new in the market. You can bet we will re- revisit this topic in maybe later this year after we get some more details on this, how the service is doing.
1: Well, the only thing I can say, and but if I can get the last word today, when I was out there writing on video news, practically begging Comcast, Comcast to acquire Hulu. And instead of acquiring Hulu, they acquired Sky for three times what it would have cost them to acquire Hulu. I think they spent like 40 billion in the end, 30, 40 billion in the end on Sky instead of the 15 or so billion it would have cost them to acquire the remaining 70% of Hulu if they had known. I and others in the industry scratched our heads. I am still scratching. (laughs) Nothing about today's podcast or anything has stopped me from scratching. I just don't get why they did this thing in the first place. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyway enough of that
0: but I think I'll give you the last word we're just about out of time you
1: take the last word Ah, we're just about out of time we are out of time I'll top you (laughs) we are out of time (laughs) okay Colin great chatting welcome come back home safely and thanks everybody for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream and we'll see you all again next week
0: Inside the Stream is a production of in-screen media and video news, all rights reserved.